Flying start. <laughs> Welcome to Voyage of the Geek uh, from our new digs, our new studio setup, uh, new locale, um, and our final show for 2017. Joining me as always, Dan Miller. Hello, hello. Tom McGill. My name's Dave Scotland, and tonight we're doing a special show where we're going to have a retrospective look at 2017. We're going to look at some of the dismal failures, some of the surprising triumphs. Um, we're also going to maybe discuss. Um, what we're excited about coming up in 2018, and then um, and but really um, the important stuff is we need to discuss the banther in the room. <laughs> uh, we always stepped out last night and watched the Last Jedi last night. Tom and I for the second time, mm, yeah. Dan for the first time. So we're going to spend the first uh, first couple of minutes. In the show, talking about the Last Jedi, our initial impressions, things like that. It's not going to be a full-blown um, look at the film. Uh, it's really just our initial impressions, our disappointments, our uh, likes and dislikes, those sorts of things. Um, but we have to do it because um, there's really no way that we can't at this stage. We've we've been so excited about it. So before we get onto that, it's been a while, gentlemen. Um, how do you find the new digs? A little bit, little bit to get used to. Everything's all reversed. Yes, you're not. Uh, the left is the right, and the right is. We the haven't right. flipped yeah. the image at home. We flipped the room. So yeah, you could have just been fooling around with the lighting, trying to get the lighting right, and monkeying with the plugging things in and cables and knobs and dials and stuff. So yeah, nah. It's, Coming together. It's a working progress with yeah. it will perfect over uh, coming shows. <clears throat> Tom, what have you <clears throat> been up to, sir? Not 100% today. You're uh, uh, firing on, say, three cylinders. Three, three out of six, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's the end of year. But I had a great, great fun this week uh, playing around with virtual reality stuff. I have not had much experience with VR stuff. Mm-hmm. So, getting, you know, modeling something, getting it into Unreal, putting it all the way through to you know walking the level in with a headset on just getting my head around the stuff in preparation for the holiday break mm-hmm. every year at the christmas break i come up with a project that i would like to do during the you know break Last and, then, and then not do it and then and then exactly that's exactly it so you know t- two years ago I, I i said i have to get back and update my fusion knowledge so mm-hmm. i got myself a <clears throat> copy of digital fusion which i took with me to my germany trip and i thought i'll i'll, I'll refresh i'll see what, how that has changed because I haven't used Digital Fusion since 2002, 2003. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, no, yeah, never, never, never no. opened it up. <laughs> You're not missing year, anything at all. Last year, I took two weeks off work to exclusively put eight hours each day into the uh, the Trollbridge short film. Mm-hmm. Didn't work because I had time off. I was at home, and uh, there needs the shelves need building, and the garden beds need need. <laughs> and time needs wasting. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> sleep. It's amazing how much I sleep during the Christmas holidays. Yeah. So this year, I will not look into VR and uh, create another a, a nice little level in Unreal. Have you got it working at the moment? Yes. Oh, good. So did you take home a VR yes. unit? Well, that means we have two VR units. You only need to get a VR unit, and we could uh, yeah, we could helm the uh, USS Enterprise, couldn't we? <laughs> yeah, it was a break. Like yeah, yeah. Do we have to put them together in the one? No, they, ah. they can be remote. <clears throat> yeah, right. Yeah, we can all be in separate places. Well, let's, let's look into that. Yeah, that could be a project I might actually do. <laughs> be awesome. <laughs> then there'd be a big argument over who's the captain, who's who's the uh, engineer. Who, I'd have to be science officer. Weapons. weapons. <laughs> um, I think Dan would have to be the captain. It'd go to my head and I'd want to um, shag all the alien women and and shoot to kill, shoot to kill. We come in peace. (laughs) I used to love that song. Um, All right, let's kick this off. Um, We should say spoilers. Oh, yes, absolutely. And that's we really should put that underneath this line where the show contains spurious information and copious spoilers. Mm -hmm. The film's been out for a week. If you haven't seen it yet, it's your own fault. Yeah. it's Normally there's a 14-day grace period where you you really should give everyone you work with 14 days to go and see a film before you talk about it. Mm. Um, But with a Star Wars film, I think that's that's seven days. Not an hour line of work. Yeah. You cannot go to... To work the next day because it's harsh to yeah. keep your mouth shut. Yeah. Well, I had to because <clears throat> I only saw it, you know, with you guys last night. So I had to uh, studiously avoid my, you know, avoid my gaze when looking at the internet because yeah. it'd be like the new Star Star Wars. Luke's got, and then I'd be like, oh, 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 can't look at that, can't look at that. <laughs> and it's everywhere, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, some of it is deliberately uh, sets you up. It says spoiler free, and the very first thing that they say, you know, the very first sentence that they say is the big plot point for the film. Um, so yes, the banther in the room, the last Jedi. Um, let's let's uh, let's go around the desk. The initial reaction as a movie goer, Dan. This is after I've walked out of the door. Yes, and I'm standing outside. Yes. Um, confusion. Mm-hmm. And uh, disappointment. There you go. Tom? Uh, during the film, mm. confusion mm-hmm. and disappointment, which continued and still does. Still does day. to this yeah. day. And I watched it a week, yeah, pretty much a week ago, Friday. Yeah. yeah, seven days ago. And then again with you last night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, confusion as to what kind of movie am I watching at here. Mm. It's without getting into too much detail, but yeah, it sort of starts out as a, as a, as a slapstick comedy. And then turns into a heist movie, but is also a chase and a spoof. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's it's you can't can't classify it. I mean, yeah. the, the the biggest grind I have, I think, with it is that there's that there's no character development mm-hmm. at all. There's no character arcs for anyone. Not enough to not enough to. I mean, the the the, the person whose perception changed the most in the film and that was totally deliberate and very very well done yeah is uh, 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 La- Laura Dern no Laura oh, yeah. Dern okay yeah because she's built we, we're supposed to think that she's 
you know, helpless, and we all mm. the audience is on Poe's side, mm. and then that gets completely turned turned around. Yeah, and, and that was that was one of the the best parts about the film. Yeah, but shh, that's not a character arc. But well, it's, as it's, far as character um, character arc in a narrative sense. I think Poe maybe yeah was the closest yeah you know? but it's not a full I mean it's a it's a it's a thirty three degrees maybe yep. not a full arc yeah well what it's did a, he transform from what did well he, he was he, he was arrogant flyboy okay to right at the very end he, he did he chose not to go out and fight and to run yeah yeah okay. he led he More led them done. on the run okay um, yep. and so because I think they're setting him up to <clears> to to um, to run the rebellion in the third film. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be the big kahuna. Okay. Yeah. Now, some big questions out of the film left unanswered. Um, <coughs> well, uh, what was your, your own question yeah, first. What was your reaction? Was oh, okay, yes. Well, I'm going to start with a positive, right? Okay. I thought the art direction was stunning. Yeah. Right? I thought I thought visually, if you turn, if you watch this film without any sound, okay, um, it was stunning. The problem is we are so expecting, yes. we're so used to the stunning, and yeah. we expect nothing less, yeah. that when we get it, we just go, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I, want. I have a slightly diff- different view of that, and I think that the stunning is abs- is actually subservient. It's like a bonus really? to the movie. Yeah. That's not the movie, because there are plenty of stick figure movies mm. with little stick figure characters, and you're like laughing, and you think, ah, it's bloody hilarious, yeah. you know? That those visuals, they are the the subservient bonus mm-hmm. that you get the flavour of the story. I think if you compared this film to Force Awakens, <clears throat> there's a lot more poster-worthy frames in this film. Like there's some beautiful they, the, mm. the, those dreadnoughts, how big they are, and you know some of the big ships. Love them. I love me a good sci-fi big ship. Mm-hmm. Um, and for, for so long. Uh, um, uh, a, a big one of those large class star destroyers was all we sort of had to to gauge scale. Next step up was the was the Death Star, but those um, th- those uh, what were they called again? Well, there was Snoke's ship, yeah, the super, which big was one. even bigger than the one they took out in the first sort of ten minutes of the film. Mm. Um, I felt the opening sequence was um, was very Star Wars esque. Um, Although it did have some logic problems in it, like bombs dropping in space, and mm. it had some weirdness <laughs> there, you could see that they, somebody read a historical document about Lucas using Second World War footage yeah, uh, to do his space battles, and yeah. then they came out came up with the, the only thing. In the next movie, we might see Dam Buster bouncing bombs <laughs> yeah. or something no, like they that. Had, they had the gantry that the yeah. dude walking on. They had the even yeah. the, 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 the the flight yeah. costumes look look the yeah. Red button, although was, if it was green, they might have pushed it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but it, you know, it it felt very Star Wars to start with. And then we go to the island, right? Follow, follow, we follow up that opening action sequence. We end up on the island. And literally not a moment has um, transpired since the end of the last film where she's holding out the lightsaber. Mm. Um, and he takes the lightsaber and what, is it, what does he do with it, Tom? The music swells up very dramatically. Yeah. And then he throws it over his shoulder. <laughs> Nonchalant as you yeah. can ever see in any Star Wars film ever, 
he throws this thing that is rooted in his background and, and was the implement. His family's background. It, it's, it, it's the thing that was given to him where the whole adventure started. Yeah. Yeah? And he threw and it over. And it's also Vader's and he doesn't lightsaber, even ask, right? Where did you get it? Like, he's not even interested in how did you come across this thing? You yeah, know? I mean, and. Because the last time he saw it, his hand was connected to it. And that's not even the first <laughs> time this film. This is, this is what, 10 minutes, 15 minutes into the movie, and it's not even the first time the movie annoys you. Yeah. The first because, time is, sorry to yeah? steal your thunder, but the first time is 30 seconds in when there's that talk between the with po and, and the Hux. thing sorry yeah. to interrupt no, no, yeah. that's that's exactly where i was going no no yeah. poe and Hux. Yeah. and then the, the 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 raising of the stakes with the bombers where she yeah. kicks the ladder and then the thing falls and they're just trying to up the stakes yeah. more and more and then it falls past her but she ca catches it last second yeah it, it's eye-rollingly predictable What's what's the what's the word? What's the word? Bathos is for humor in the wrong place. When you when you when you want to like like uh, what Luke does, right? It's the music the swells up and and there's a meaningful component dramatic. of the film, and then you turn it into a to a you deflate it instantly. Yeah, punch by it. yeah by yeah. by just. A bucket falls on his head. Donk. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that ah. happens again two minutes later when when mm. when Finn wakes up. Yep. He's healed. Yeah. What does he do? Yeah. Falls off the bed. Yep. Yeah, and then the next time you see Finn, he's walking around in a ridiculous suit with water pissing out yeah. in all yeah. bloody directions, yeah. and you're like, "Yeah, ah, oh, okay, we, you, we're we're making fun of the movie now." They're piling it on. Now it's I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back, and I don't think we. I'm not sure. It might be in one of the shows when we we talked about um, the guy that directed this thing, Ryan mm. Ryan Johnson, and at the time I didn't know how to say his name. Because he was so unknown. Did I ever show you guys? Did I bring up his IMDb and say, look what, uh. he, look what he hasn't done, mm. right? He, mm. He's done nothing. Mm. He's done nothing. Like right. when you have a look at his background, he's done nothing. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember saying at the time, this is worrying because filmmaking is really hard. It's super, super fucking hard. And, and you have to, all of the planets have to align. Mm -hmm. You have to be focused. You have to be in the zone. You have to understand an audience. You have to understand your actors. You have to understand everything. Mm. Otherwise, you get prequel movies, mm. right? Mm. That's a director that doesn't understand how to how to. He doesn't understand his audience, mm. right? Um, there's there's so many things involved in filmmaking that to throw something like this at somebody that hasn't got a track record. Whereas Abrams, he fucking knows what he's doing behind that camera, doesn't he? Right. He was There's involved. Very he was. I mean, the problems within this film are in the script already. Yeah, I think no, but it's <clears> it's <throat> decisions. It's the director that makes decisions about um, the affliction on on words, the inclusion of things like God speed. Mm. Right? Somebody put God speed in this film, mm. and Star Wars universe has never had a god before, mm. and all mm. of a sudden it's God speed, and they used it about three times in this film. I've been thinking about this because I've been looking at conversations on the internet, right? Mm. And mm. this is about um, boundaries, yeah, right? Um, <clears throat> and I was thinking about this as an example because I was thinking about how people were, were reacting to various different things in comment sections, mm. and so. You know, somebody would put bring up a thing that, oh, this is really stupid, and another person would say, you know, then they, they'd give a internal, they'd give an excuse as to why it's okay. And and I'll give you, what was the example you were using? The, the um, Godspeed. Yeah, the Godspeed. So the, the, what they might say is, you know, it's 2017, man, it's got to be new, you can't just keep stuck with the past. Or another one, imagine if... Um, 
I'll give you a ridiculous example to, to highlight it. You know, imagine if Luke Skywalker revealed that he was made out of chocolate. You know, there'd be a group of people out there that would be like, oh, you know, mind blown. Yeah. You know, it was chocolate all along. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe it. And, and then that, be- ex- that explains this time and that time. Yeah, when, yeah. Remember we said that? And then somebody in the comment section would say, man, that chocolate, that's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. And then that person will put in the comment section, well, who knows, man, chocolate technology might have advanced in the yeah. future. We might have super chocolate and maybe it was the force chocolate. Because and- we live in a world with flat earthers. Yeah. It's the same so, thing. Yeah. Well, what I'm saying is that it's about boundaries. Yeah. And it's not about making an excuse as to why something can be in the movie and putting some sort of justification attached to it. Yeah. It's really about what should or should not be in the movie yeah. to define the movie for what it is. And what yep. those those characters sit in a little bubble. And you can't just suddenly say that they're made out of chocolate. That that's just that, that means nothing means anything, exactly. you know? Exactly. Yeah. So I can tell you that and I think I even mentioned when we walked out of the cinema we had a, we had a little 5 minute conversation before we forced each other to stop talking. <laughs> so that we could have a bit to talk about on the show. I think at the heart of this film, and at the heart of the story that they tried to tell, it was a compelling story. There was something there. You've got Ray and Luke, right, where they could have... um, There could have been a relationship formed there, good, bad, or otherwise. She needed to um, be introduced to this bigger world and all this sort of stuff. We could have mirrored the the journey that Luke had with Yoda and all that sort of stuff, right? And then back on the fleet, finding out that the Imperials can track them through hyperspace, which I think is an interesting thing in a Star Wars universe, um, then that could have been... They could have come up with a plan and snuck off the ship and, and gone over to the big ship with, you know, snuck in without having to go to the casino, without having to go and meet an entire new world and an entire new array of characters, and uh, despite the fact that, that, that Del Toro was... It's Benici... Benici, Benici Del Toro, Del Toro. Yeah, he's, he's Del Toro. I thought he was great in the film, yeah. but his character wasn't really needed, right? Mm-hmm. I don't, you know... Just when you think he's a good guy, he's not a, bad, not a good guy. And- he, if you think about what Ray... Uh, what? What? Sorry. What? Finn and Rose. What did they accomplish? What did their trip accomplish? Mm. Nothing. <coughs> well, it did. It brought the bad guy to the empire. It allowed the That's bad right. the empire to find the fleeing rebels. Yeah. They, they did nothing good. <laughs> but the, at right when they were, they they were in arm's reach of their goal, which started all the way back before the casino. So they went all the way there, and they're riding friggin' animals, and they're. And they're just about to switch just off. Just about thing. to switch it off, and then nothing. All, all the stormtroopers turn up. What? Yeah, I don't just mind to that. remind me, I don't mind the fact that nothing. That they that, failed. That's, that's great because you always expect. Oh, they always succeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, they, if 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 the whole one third, it's very classic Star Trek, Star Wars, classic Star Wars, having having three storylines simultaneously, mm, you know, mm. and uh, and and having a whole storyline lead to absolutely nothing. Yeah, yeah. That's good, but this one actually led to disaster. Yeah, yeah. Which was in itself also a good thing. But Ten- Del De- Toro is yeah, he's he's uh, he's important in that. He was that a shining the, light in that for whole jaunt. But he's important for the story, otherwise the Empire would not have... Yeah. I, you I, know, I complained about the construction of it, where they're going off to find a, a codebreaker dude. Yeah. They go to all that trouble, and it's again that bathos, pathos, whatever it is. Mm. They, they call up What's-A-Face, the, the chick with the yeah, goggles, yeah. and they say, we need the best codebreaker in the world. And she says, well, you can go down there and you can find him, and that's the guy. And yeah. she's in a, in a firefight yeah. at the time. She answers the phone. She's in a firefight where... Um, <laughs> 
there's a camera that's projecting. Do you know what I mean? Like floating, floating, and floating. you look at the technology. She's on Twitch in a firefight. You know, holographic uh, holograms. You can sort of. No, I've seen holograms in in some of the prequel stuff where they come in and out of the hologram like there's a beam, and you stand in front of it, you can talk, but you can also get. I think it was Obi Wan that was trying to send a message to the uh, to the Jedi Council, and he has to run out of the road, and then a, a battle droid. Uh, uh, a yeah. destroyer droid walks into the beam. Yeah. Oh, okay, right. Like it's a fixed yeah, camera. Yeah, yeah. Well, all of a sudden, we're not. We don't have a fixed no, camera yeah. anymore. And Nobody's it's, thinking it's about like, that. There's a documentarian there with a camera, <laughs> yeah. following Naz and, and it's being broadcast. Or you know, um, so there were some weird <clears throat> tech moments that, even though it was Star Wars, didn't feel like it. Just uh, storytelling wise, it also you start grumbling, you start wondering why is she? I was thinking, yeah, why is there a floating camera? Yeah, filming her. Why is she answering the phone when she's in the middle of a firefight? Yeah, and then give them all this information we're not worried that she's being shot at yeah. it's, it, it, it takes you out of the story and she never answers a question There's everyone no says what are you that? up to and she never tells you what you know like oh yeah, yeah. in Union the last fight, movie she you know so how do you know this how do you know that whatever yeah. and she'd be forever oh, I can't tell you that's so a, this that's guy a story the, for another time spends all his life yeah. in that casino otherwise they would have never she mm. would have never known that he's there right now yeah and the thing is that they get advice from an expert on what to do and then they go there and nothing means anything because yeah. they find a random dude or whatever yeah. that'll do. Right? Yeah. And they just take that guy instead. And they get stunned and thrown <laughs> in prison for parking violation. Yeah. As far as I'm aware, that brings us to that guy. You know, I don't know. For me, there's only two scenarios. One, you've got a director that really doesn't know how to make film. I think he I think he might have lucked out one, one or twice, one, once or twice in his <clears> career. <throat> one of them was probably a short film, right? Um he managed to get into the gray, the good graces of of Kathleen Kennedy, um, and the and the higher ups at, at Lucas. And the thing that's scary to me is, am I right in thinking he's got the next film? Oh please, please, please! I'm no. pretty sure he's doing nine now. If he's not doing nine, because I got a feeling J.J. Abrams is also in the mix for coming back and doing nine as mm-hmm. well. At the very minimum, they have signed this Ryan Johnson guy to go and shoot a brand new trilogy that mm. is not a Skywalker trilogy, but it is a Star Wars trilogy. Mm. Okay. Brand new bunch of characters and whatever. And I swear to God, this <coughs> this film felt more like in its narrative pacing and the comedy, and it felt more like a Harry Potter film than mm. a Star Wars film. And I'm still convinced that you need to have a... a, a, a a director that understands sci-fi. I'm stunned. To- I'm really stunned as to why they don't ask the fans. I was listening to some other things. I've been watching other media, computer games, and other things, and um, drawing a few things together. And one of them was a, a com- people complaining about a computer game. It's basically the same story. Triple A developer like EA or whatever. They're like, herpa derpa derp, let's make some money. And I've been to yeah, and we're going to have Luke Skywalker sucking on alien tits. That'll be cool, <laughs> right? And they put all of this stuff in there that they think is cool. Yeah. And his response. This was this producer guy talking. Um, you know, and he was saying, you know, you shouldn't try and fool the internet because <laughs> there's a million fucking people and they know stuff yeah. and they work it out. Yeah. And a lot of computer games are going through, instead of having this secret development sort of phase where it's like, 
It's all a big secret. Mm. And then we'll reveal reveal a fantastic, wonderful surprise. Here it is. And you open it and it's like, Mm. you know, but going to a different model where it's like transparent development. Where you get buy-in from the community, yeah. and the community are actually the experts, yep. the, and the community are the ones that actually care. Mm. Why don't they do that with films? And I think what happens too with that with that model is <clears throat> the community will allow you to cock up. You can stuff up and not like you can not listen to them, do your own thing, but because you listen to them seven times out of ten. They'll let you get away with the stuff up. They'll there'll be uproar. They'll give you, but a bit they'll of, let you back in the game. Yeah, exactly. If if you don't listen to them at all, and it's in the face of them, hmm. they've got a loud voice. I, and and Tom, tell us about I, the petition, mate. Well, yeah, there's actually a petition underway at the moment in in several countries to uh, to strike the, the film out of canon. To ask Disney to take this film out of canon and just you know. Offset their whole plan by two years and just do it again but yeah. properly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm looking up that thing as soon as I get home and I'm signing. There's 40,000 people. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, we can't go too deep into it because we, ne- we, didn- we need to go deep into it and we can't do it in this show because we're not prepared and we, we don't have enough uh, juicy imagery and uh, talking points and narrative. I mean, if we – what did we say? Um, in order to follow the narrative of this thing, it's uh, it, we, it, it, would, it would need – Gymnastic um, <laughs> dexterity and uh, and you know to just to navigate the narrative on this this film and um, yeah we don't have access. I to, found the uh, narrative straightforward. Uh, the, the the prequels confuse me much more. I've never understood them to this day. And I've watched them a few. Times. The narrative beats a, a hard track. Like if I asked mm-hmm. you bullet point the story to me in a in a linear format, I'd be lost. Like because there are so many jumps. From story to story to story to story, you know, there's three paths there's going three on. Three paths, but there's the main one. We start with a with the space race, mm. and we finish with the space race finishing at that planet where they ultimately have the fight in, on the on the salt flats. Yeah. So that's where, and that's really just a straightforward. We're being chased by the by yep. the empire, I think, and that's <clears throat> most of the film. They spent the most time of the film just yeah. in a, a, being chased, mm. and then. As we already said, Finn and, Finn and Rose don't do anything worth mentioning other than bringing the, the Codebreaker to the Empire. And so the only other thing to follow along is, is, is Luke, uh, Leia, uh, Luke, Ray, and, um, and um, Kylo Ren. Yeah. And that's where the interesting part of the film is between Kylo and, yeah. and Ray. Yeah. They needed to spend more time on that and less time on. The casino stuff. Yeah. I was actually spe- expecting that's where the character arc would be. Same here. Right? I was expecting... It needed to be a Luke hoping, movie. I was slightly hoping that um, the big super the super crazy reveal would be Ray goes over to the dark side. Mm. And she she says, oh, Kylo, he's not such a, such a bad chap. <laughs> All right, fine. Let's go and make things right again. Mm. Right? Yeah. And then yeah. she realizes she fucks up. Yeah. And then it's, she's got to pull herself out of the shit in the next movie. Yeah. Yeah. So here we have uh, some comparisons. We've got Rogue One versus Force Awakens versus Last Jedi. This is uh, box office mojo. And um, if we if we look at down here a little bit, we've got opening weekends. So um, Rogue One did uh, 155 million. Nothing to be sneezed at. Um, now I thought just as a 
Rogue One worked for me. Yeah, same it here. It just fit nicely yeah, in, like a little sort of Lego brick. It just clicked. Yeah, that no. seemed to work. I do well not done. have um, uh, a problem with Rogue One. Did you see Gareth Edwards uh, got a cameo in this? I think I think in Rogue One, yes. No, yeah, in this one. In, oh, really? In, oh. Yeah, yeah. They're, all of the uh, rebels jump into their trenches in the yeah. salt. Yeah. With the salt flats. And remember, one of them goes like that. Yeah, no, was that Gareth Edwards? No, the guy standing next to him was Gareth Edwards. <laughs> All right, stop, stop, stop. Hold, hold on a bit. We have to talk about that scene now that you brought it up. All right. Because this is a microcosm of, of the decisions in this yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the visual effects, who are doing a fantastic friggin' job, mm. come up with the idea, I imagine, and they say, look, we're going to have the white thing. It's going to be reminiscent of Hoth, but it's not. It's a salt flat, yeah. and it looks like... Right, and then what's his name? The director says, "All right, but the audience is not going to know that that is actually salt." Mm. Yes. So, what's the best way to communicate that? Yeah. Well, we can have one of the people eat the salt, yeah. and then turn to the camera and say, "My it's, God, it's this salt. is not snow. It's mm. actually salt." Yeah. That is exactly what yeah. happened. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I think that Garrett decision. Edwards guy next to the guy that tastes gives him a weird look. My, and I'm not sure whether that was loaded, right? I like to offer one director, and, and this is this is an example, and there's other examples of this all through the through the movie of just this stupidly handling things. My rewrite for that mm. is that the general dude takes a step forward and a step forward, and yeah. he leaves a red footprint. Yeah. When I saw that, I was like, "Oh, is his is he wounded? Is yeah, his leg yeah, yeah. like blood or something?" My direction would be to that dude. For him to see the footprint is red, mm. and he just reaches out and he just draws a line in the salt, revealing the red underneath, and then he just looks at it for a second, mm. and then that's it. We don't and, need and, to know it's salt. In no, fact, we I can no, 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 we that can it's work, not salt. We can work out that it's salt. It's bloody flat. It's very, very flat. The yeah. first thing you think of, oh, it's a salt flat. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we can, and it's it's like it's not this heavy-handed cheese. Yeah. It's just this simple. Okay, yeah. so it's not blood. And then I, in my own mind, can mm-hmm. say to myself, well, what could this possibly yeah. be? And I would fairly easily come to the conclusion that it's salt. Then it appears in my own mind, generated yeah. from me, yeah. not the director saying, yeah. here's what to think, audience. I'm going to put it. Yeah. yeah. Another thing that I, I was doing some maths while I was watching the film the second time yesterday. You know how <clears throat> in, in action films, the, the clip on the gun has always just enough bullets, as, as many bullets as you need to yeah. shoot, and it could be... Could be 1,300 if, mm-hmm. you, if you needed them. Mm-hmm. That's how the rebels work as well. They they um, they have 400 people on board. They say that. There's 400 are the, the remainers of the, of the rebels. Then some people die. Uh, some spaceships get killed. Then they say, oh, we're fleeing with 30, 3-0, 30 of these transports. Leave Laura Darren behind. So out of those 400 people, we've got, we're down to 390 or something. Spread them over 30 ships. You got 12, 13 people per ship. Yeah. Right? So in each of these ships are about 13 people. Then we have the the big dreadnought shooting them down. And they shoot them. Yeah. 10 seconds. Yeah. We see them. And I was counting. And we ca- <laughs> there was about 18 that got nailed. Now, some of them we saw through Ray's perspective. Mm. And that could have been maybe, you know, usually the 
offset. Could be the same same one that we saw. So I I, I allocated for that. Yeah. So on one hand, I, one hand I counted the ray ones, <laughs> and on the other hand, I counted the ones we saw in the space. <laughs> and the definitely ten mm. were were blown up. In the end, we see six going down. Yeah. So we're talking, you know, less than a hundred people. We're talking about seventy five people that make it down to the ground. Yeah. And then when the when the when the big attack comes, we see. Hundreds of rebels going into the into the into the trenches. We have them manning the stations at the back. We have the they have plenty of people to spare to go into the weird. Uh, but there was theaters. only about fifteen or twenty that got on the Millennium Falcon at the end. Yeah, but there yeah, was yeah. lots more in the trenches. <clears throat> yes, that's so right. What, what happened to them all? Yeah, they get left behind. They got all blasted by the Empire, I guess. Um, what yeah, happened now, to them listen, all? The salt thing, right? Yeah, the, the tasty salt thing. Mm-hmm. That's not in a script. That's right. Right? Exactly. And it's not Kathleen Kennedy coming in heavy-handed and saying, oh, this scene doesn't work and we think you should put this in there. Mm-hmm. That's a director. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I mean. This guy doesn't know how to make films mm-hmm. because Spielberg would not do that. And? You know what I mean? Like, yes, I do know what you Scorsese mean. Scorsese wouldn't do that. There was no, There's no need to do that. <clears throat> yeah. I don't – I can assume. And if I don't assume correctly, it doesn't matter. No. It's not going to affect the narrative. I'm still going to care about the characters. And, people, and that's what's important. And if people don't understand it that there and then, they'll eventually work it out. Yeah. You know. They'll, but, they'll yeah. work it out by reading an article down the track yeah. or they'll see the, then, the salt flap battle. And then oh, it all, salt. it'll all click into place. Exactly. Right? And Yeah, so you don't have to, like, lead people around by the nose and yep. just, yeah. Yeah. So. Like, yeah. what did Uncle Owen farm? Um, moisture. 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 Yeah. They were moisture farmers, yeah. right? Now, was that in the film? Like, yeah, you did didn't they see, stop yeah. and labour on it? And no, 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 because it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> yeah. As long as you care about the characters and you're taken on the journey, you're taken on the narrative path, mm. then it's all good. Don't mm. worry about it. Mm. Put it in there because you need it for visual, mm. right? But I don't have to labour on it. I think this directors is, that don't know what they're doing do that. This is the difference between what I think is happening with the visual effects people. There's 350 of them. Yeah. They're all talking to each other. They're swapping ideas. They're getting approvals and stages. And there's no there's no heroes in the VFX. Yeah. There's no um, Harrison Ford director who walks in as the, as the VFX artist and says, well, I'm going to change all of the models to be blue <laughs> and uh, have right. uh, crinkly stuff on the top. Yeah. And everybody goes, oh, no, there's, there's probably loads of discussions and people moderating and all of that. But for the direction and probably the script, mm. there's not 200 people working on it. Yeah. There's just one guy who's like sitting, he's like, you know what? I just had a genius idea. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, end result. Yeah. And the voice of one. Um, so let's have a look at some of these comparisons here. For starters, the first, these other two films went for two hours, 13 minutes, two hours, 16. That extra 15 minutes uh, tagged into this one could have made all the difference. That could have been the whole casino thing, right? Take that out. You could totally take 15 minutes out. You could take because the fuck it, it went on for a while, didn't it? Yeah. For a Star Wars film, yeah, it was it, long. It two, yeah. felt long. Two and a half hours. Star yeah, Wars yeah, films yeah. should not feel long, and all the old ones That's are utterly rewatchable. Absolutely, you can watch them. You could see them 20 times. 30 Even times. the shitty prequel ones did not feel long. It's right? the mis- they felt longer than the originals, but they didn't feel like oh, just fucking. When does this thing finish? It's the it's the another thing is I think it's I don't know how long does the original Star Wars go for? Uh, Tom, hundred minutes. <laughs> I, I, what I'm getting at is it's the quantity over quality. Yeah. It's like 
Well, you don't have very good quality, but we'll give you a lot of shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you should be happy with that. It's yeah. two and a half hours of shit. And the lot of shit that they gave <laughs> was pretty to look at. But um, this this figure down here, second weekend drop-off, this is the one we love. Oh, okay. Right? This is because we, you know, the world works on a success of a movie is the opening weekend box office, which is a whole crock of shit because that's marketing. It's mm. got nothing to do with the film. It's the second weekend, yeah? Mm-hmm. This is where word of mouth gets out and, mm-hmm. and we see this. And Wonder Woman is the big standout for 2017 where the second weekend it was so strong. Um, and really kicked a lot of its competitors. Two hours in that sec. The original. Two hours. Two hours. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. And I would, I would have said uh, maybe even less than I would have. Would well, it have doesn't said feel like two hours. No, it doesn't feel like not for a second. No. But that's still half an hour shorter mm. than this film. That's a TV episode. Mm. Um, so yeah, um, you can see the the Rogue One had a fifty eight percent fall off. Um, from the second weekend to the first weekend, and uh, Force Awakens had a 39% fall off. So I'll be very interested to see what that figure is after this weekend. Mm. It's a, there's no figure there at the moment. Um, and mm. there is a slight increase in the amount of um, uh, cinemas showing the film. Um, so in theory, that should have some sort of uh, I- increase to the actual takings. But, I mean, it started strong. It has started strong for a film that is globally copping a lot of flack. I mean, it's making bucks. If you go back to what I was saying about boundaries mm-hmm. that define something, people who saw the original movies have those type of boundaries in their head. And when you see a new movie, you know, it doesn't necessarily fit into those boundaries and therefore you get a bit complainy. Mm-hmm. And the same with the new menu. I was watching another review from a person who whose first Star Wars movie was Phantom Menace. Okay. And um, she said that she fucking loved Phantom Menace. She was seven years old and she went in there and yeah. it was fucking amazing. And, yeah. you know, she went bananas over it. She was complaining about the new Star Wars, but kind of from that perspective, that yeah. it didn't fit in with the Phantom Menace yeah. stuff. And she had all the same sort of complaints that everybody else was, that it wasn't fitting in with those boundaries. Mm. Um so, That's yeah. why you can't ask the fa- fans, Dan. You said earlier that they should c- consult the fans, but the problem <clears> with <throat> them is they they care. A they care, and B they span multiple generations now. After yes, it. yes, true. And, and and multiple generations with different entry points and different opinions. Yeah. So you c- you cannot ever ever please the fans because they have two expectations. No, I wouldn't be high. so cynical on that. I'd be I'd be more optimistic on that. That you could probably find a better harmony. Yep. Rather than just a stab in the dark, I think Force and Awakens. All the- Force Awakens was that harmony to me. Yeah, it yeah, had enough of the new, the new filmmaking. Right, yeah. film making films has changed. Right, in forty years we've changed the way we make films. Mm. We can't go back and make them the way we did in the seventies. It's ridiculous. Mm. It's a ridiculous notion. Um, I think Force Awakens was the ushering in of a new Star Wars that that appeased the fans. Yeah. that stepped away from the prequels far enough but kept in the Star Wars universe and I was ready to see another trilogy in that I was flavor. exactly the same. Yeah, exactly the same. I feel that this film, now I've got two things that don't match. They yeah. don't feel like they're the same <laughs> yeah. thing. And that frustrates me. Yeah. yeah. That frustrates me. No, maybe, I agree. Maybe I agree. we need... That was part of my confusion. When I said I come out confused, I, I was fractally confused. There was like layers of confusion yeah. about why, what is going on, and yeah. how did that, what decisions and choices people made. All right. So um, let's 
uh, let's jump out of Star Wars for a bit and let's have a look at some of the other interesting things happening in 2017 as far as releases. Um, and these are the worldwide box office uh, dollars um, for 2017. And the big one up on the top of the list, I had mm. no idea. This is no. sleeping, <laughs> it's a sleeping giant going on there. Um, Beauty and the Beast, uh, this is the live action Beauty and the Beast yeah. with... Hermione, Hermione, um, and from what I've seen of it, um, it does look impressive. It is a, 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 a an impressive adaptation of that story. The original animated Beauty and the Beast also is a record holding triumph. As and this well. one is very closely modelled on the. It's almost one. identical. Yeah. There's almost shot for shot. Um, some some of the stuff that's in this one, but then we start to get into some ridiculous. Um, like I can understand number one, Beauty and the Beast, but number two, and what I can tell you that these are worldwide grosses. If if I showed you the American grosses for 2017, that film there is not in that position, and it's much further down well, in the it's list. Half of what the Beauty and the Beast has in that second column. The fate for people at home can't read it. It's fate the fate and the furious. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's because of its worldwide release the figures go through the roof. Mm. Um, so I can only put that down to it being super popular in some demographics, in some cultures. Yeah. I don't know what cultures they are. That would that would need further, um, uh, further research. Number three is uh, Despicable Me. Fantastic. Uh, it's a good film, man. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. Yeah, yeah you've yeah, got to yeah. see it. Yeah. I'm up to it's a good film. It's yeah. entertaining from start to finish. Those characters are great. Um... The minions are awesome. Again, I don't want to labour the point, but there's no director in an animated feature that can walk in and say, whoa, 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 whoa. I want to take the shot from down here and we're going to change him to be chocolate and we're going to do this. You can't do that because it takes 200 people to organise whatever you're going to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it takes two years to work out every second of it. Yeah. So you don't muck around. Um, Spider-Man Homecoming. Have you guys seen that yet? Yes. I haven't seen it yet. I I acquired an evaluation version uh, only recently, oh, and I'll probably direct from Sony. Uh, direct, direct from Sony <laughs> via a view. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's a pretty direct from Sony. It's a good copy. It's a pretty copy. Seven point one surround. So we'll we'll have to watch that soon. Um, and it's in at number four, number five, Wolf Warrior Two. What? I don't even the know what fuck that is. <laughs> is that. <laughs> So I I have no idea, but it's it's worth a look. Yeah, this is Wolf Warrior. Okay, so it looks like some sort of uh, I want to say Japanese movie. It's a foreign. Um, but you're looking at worldwide. Eight hundred and seventy million dollars worldwide market. Only two point seven million domestic. So that's US. Um, so three percent of its overall total. Uh, 03 percent. Sorry, Point. and the rest of it is foreign. Um, I I've never heard of it. I don't know what the hell it is. You're not in the 0.3%. But I'm very interested to know what... Uh, uh, to, I'm very interested to have a look at a film that made nearly $900 million. Appears to be a sequel as well, Wolf Warrior 2. I wonder how Wolf Warrior 1 was. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to have a look into that. Foreign... foreign China. China, yeah. There we go. $854 million made in China. Um, but 1.3 million made in Australia. 
Mm. And I still well, because there's lots of Chinese people in Australia. It's got to be it. It's got to be it. Um, so yes, the uh, then we come down to something that we do recognise, which is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Did you guys see the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two? Absolutely, it's awesome. Um, we'll do a show on that um, in the near future. I, I enjoyed it. Did you enjoy it more or less than the first? It's very very similar. Mm. I, I didn't enjoy it as far as much as the first one, but mainly because of that virgin nature of. Guardians, mm. because I wasn't aware of who the hell they were, mm. and the film was—I'd never seen anything like it ever. Whereas the second one was exactly like it. Mm. Um, Thor Ragnarok. This is a big uh, surprise. Now, for Thor Ragnarok has actually kicked the other two movies' asses. Yeah, one and two. Yeah, right. And um, I believe, right, rightly so yeah. as well. I think it's a—it's a better film, and the comedy sort of makes up for the. Uh, and the campness of the Thor universe, you know, the uh, bringeth thy stein of beer, wench, you know, <laughs> but yet I'm a superhero. Um, a Wonder Woman, who we have a show coming up for because we've done the research, but we haven't done the show. So now, if you if you look at domestic for Wonder Woman, she's yeah. at the top of of those eight films that you've looked at so far. She's the the top one yeah. domestic. We'll talk about her in a moment in a little bit more detail. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Now, you guys, any? Uh, I haven't seen that. Yet. I stopped watching Pirates of the Caribbean after the third one. After three, I stopped. Yeah. yeah, same here. Was it? Is it Gore Vidal? Is that? Is, is he the guy that did? Gore Verbinski. Uh, Verbinski was it? Did he do the th- first three? He did the first. I don't know how. How long he was involved? I think he did the first three, or at least the first two. Um, they started to get weird, exponentially weird. Oh, they started to, I don't know, you start to run out of ideas after a while, and therefore all that's left is weird. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the first couple did, uh, were not really Johnny Depp films. They sort of, there were other characters there, there was, mm. including Davy Jones and, mm. and some really cool bad guys. Mm. Um, but then they just turned into Johnny Depp movies, and I'm not a big fan of that. Um, it... Mm. Just good to see a low budget, uh, fairly low budget comedy uh, in in the list uh, coming in at number ten. With some happy clowns in it. It's clowns, it's clowns. It's got to be comedy. Um, and then we get into some weird stuff here. Now Justice League is coming in at number eleven with six hundred and thirty-seven million dollars. Mm. Now this is supposed to be flop of the year. Six hundred and thirty-seven million dollar flop. It's nearly you know. You want to know why bad movies get made? Because bad movies make money. <laughs> well, there you they go. can. If their if they're, if they're, uh, marketing is successful, they make money. And then we start to get into uh, a bunch of movies that we sort of makes a lot of sense there. Yeah, it's amazing because because Justice League is only how how old, how, how long ago since that was released? It's, it's last month. Yeah. So there are films in there. Beauty and the Beast was oodles ago. That was the start yeah. of the year. Yeah. So there are films here creeping. They'll, it's probably going to creep higher in the list. I think it will. I think it'll probably go as high as seven fifty. It's currently at six thirty-seven. I think by the time it finishes its its cinema release uh, cycle, we're probably going to be into the sevens. And that is hardly a flop, is it? No. No. Well, it depends on how much it costs to make. Exactly. All right. So let's have a quick look at some studios. Right. Twenty percent market share. Disney. Right. Buena Vista. It's interesting that they go by Buena Vista on uh, on Box Office Mojo, but that's Disney. Um, uh, 20% at $2.079 billion for the year. Mm-hmm. Big dollars. Now, what's really interesting is the amount of titles 
There's only eight films uh, released in 2017 that contribute to that two billion, mm. right? Twelve in total. So twelve. The other, uh, the other four would have been released just prior, but crept into the 2017 um, time time period because this is between January 1st and December 17th. And Force Awakens would have been a big, big player there. I think so. Yeah, and also Rogue One. Rogue One would have been a December. Oh, Rogue One. Yeah, that, well, that was big. But, sorry. It would have been a December that's one release. That, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but have a look at this. Warner Brothers, with 90% share, they had $2 billion, But look, 32 movies tracked. 19, 19 in 2017. 19 in 2017. Nearly double. Well, over double. It's an interesting graph. If you look down further, we go to Universal. Yep. And the market share drops, but yep. the amount of movies they produce increases yep. and the amount of money they make drops. Yeah. So what can we say from that? They make more shit. They make more <laughs> shit. No, no, that, that isn't exactly true because another thing- well, their, sh- their shit ratio is, is no, higher. No, there's another thing, and that is that if you can dump millions upon millions upon millions of dollars into marketing, mm-hmm. you can polish a turd. Mm-hmm. All right? So- you know, some of those those top ranking guys, they sort of it hit this critical mass where yep. they can just fluff up the one thing that they've got, and everybody like, oh, I got to see this, yep. and then everybody goes and sees it, and it's not necessarily any better than twentieth century than Sony's doing or whatever. Yeah, yep. it's just that they've made it into a hyped thing, and by that rationale too, um, those those studios that have got thirty two movies tracked. 15, 17, 26, 22, all of those films go on to syndicated release for television. They also go on to um, pay-per-view. They also go on to DVD release, Blu-ray release. Now, it stands to reason that they're going to make more money Mm. because they don't do a second kick of marketing when all that happens. True. Um, So they, in theory would make more money from that stage of their of a film's evolution, wouldn't they? Perhaps. I'm not sure. I'm thinking about, like, market share 20% at the top, Buena Vista. Yep. And I'm thinking about uh, Sony. Yep. 20% goes down to 8 to 8%, so that's half the market share. Sony has half the market share. Yeah. But it actually still is getting... No, it's getting less than half the money. Yeah. Oh, but that's kind of close to the to the percentages. But, but it's they, making. But they had to spam out double the film. Yeah, yeah, they had to spam out double or the triple the film. Triple for the twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen to do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The special effects films are very expensive to make. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Buena Vista would have a lot of very expensive films. Yep. They're mm-hmm. few films, but films that cost them a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yep. Whereas I don't know what Sony films. What 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 films? Well, some of are. these would have to be animated, wouldn't they? Sony. Yeah, well, Sony's. They don't say. Now, what's and we'll talk about this in in a minute with a little bit more detail. But um, if the sale goes through, the fifty-two billion dollar sale of uh, Fox Film Division to Disney, then this number here added gets added to this. Yeah, and we have one company then owning a thirty-two point four percent market share. I think that's a very bad thing. Same here, mate. I think that's a very bad yeah. thing. Same here. That's a monopoly. Yeah, yeah. And they a monopoly will- in a creative <laughs> world can only mean bad things. Yes, and they will hire more marketers and less script writers. Yep. And you'll get yep crappier movies in a time where less, fewer, and fewer 
smaller, independent, more risk-taking cinema is being done, mm. uh, where it's tentpole after tentpole after tentpole film. This is going in the opposite direction that we need. Mm. You know, no wonder everyone's exiting. You know, all the directors and good actors and good stories that are going to television and and syndicated uh, pay per view. There's at the moment you may be aware that there's a, an equally bad taste in the AAA computer game scene at the moment mm. with EA, EA. Battlefront, yep. Destiny. Those guys, because they have that same sort of market thing, is that they make a pretty good game, and they, but they stamp, you know, AAA on it, and then they just dump in marketing money Mm. um, and the same sort of pattern emerges. You end up with a whole bunch of dodgy stuff, unhappy people. Mm. But they're still raking in billions of dollars. Well, not billions, but they're raking in millions of dollars anyway. Uh, I just noticed Weinstein Company there, 1.2% share in 2017. I think if we go back to 2017. (laughs) You want to see how much their stock dropped? (laughs) Potentially. (laughs) No, no. Would you believe an increase? (laughs) An increase. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) <laughs> so I'm going to leave that. I'm going to leave that alone. Um, I, what I like is down there is Sony Classics. They have a separate thing. 0.3 percent at, at 17. Oh, yeah, yep. Rank number 17. They just. What does Sony Classics make? I guess they just make. They're still raking in from films they made. Made for telly years ago, just mm-hmm. uh, by okay. syndication. Yeah, yeah. All right. So um, I want to pose a question, gentlemen. Mm. Um. What do we think of this? <laughs> we're scary. referring, of course. We're, we're, we're currently looking at a picture of Quentin Tarantino uh, stoically looking out the window of a starship uh, with the Enterprise in the background. And this, of course, is relating to the scuttlebutt, which is turning out to be rock solid. Mm. Right? This is not rumour. This guy's in full-blown development, script development. Yep. They just hired, of hired a, Star Trek a, a, a writer. Yeah. And this is a Star Trek film with the Star Trek actors that have just signed. Most of those actors signed on for another another couple of films. Okay. So um, so it's a Tarantino Star Trek. It's a Quentin Tarantino Star Trek. So they hold the phasers <laughs> sideways when they shoot. <laughs> what do we think of this? Disaster. Those motherfucking Disaster. Klingons. Yeah, disaster. Disaster. <laughs> Now, this is exactly the problem that pisses off the fans yeah. when you have somebody who's stigmatized. No, he, no, no. He has a certain type of movie. You recognize yeah. the Tarantino yeah. movie. Yeah. So you associate a certain tone with a Tarantino film, a certain a, a minimum level of violence. Yeah. And uh, it, it, it doesn't feel like it. Like, if you wanted to, to, to direct a Star Wars movie. After the third we just watched, mm. I would say, yeah, please, please let Tarantino have a go. <laughs> it, can't, it can't get any worse. Um, uh, especially if he gets uh, Samuel L. John, uh, Jackson back. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, as a go- oh, he'll, he'll turn up. He'll be the bad guy. Um, this guy here is a sushi chef, right? And Star Trek is a patisserie menu, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're going to get tuna muffins or tuna uh, souffle or yeah yeah there, there'll be some there'll be they they don't this will be the argument that i'm talking gel. about with the boundaries star trek is a thing yeah. and then you know yeah. then you'll have you know something crazy will happen and then there'll be people arguing well you know yeah 
yeah, it's a musical, but people sing in the future. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, she's vomiting blood. <laughs> yes, it's a it's a heavy metal musical, but people can sing in the future, <laughs> can't they? So, are we excited about this or not? We're freak freaking out. Out. Yeah. No, no, no. First yeah. the American election. Now this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if I was. Back in the naive days of the past, like two days ago, you know, you'd be like really optimistic and you'd be like, well, whatever he's going to do is going to match my expectations and dreams. This is going to be freaking awesome. You know, but now I'm like, oh, hang on a minute. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't work like that. That's right. (laughs) He could surprise you. No, he will not surprise me. He could be no, reined in. You don't no. know because because no. everybody has that. We all are going to go into no, that movie. No, this is the naive fear. Tom from two days ago <laughs> talking. No, don't listen to him on before I go to the movie theater because I might. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I'll go in with trepidation. The, so this guy here, look, I I, I used to teach um, narrative. Like before, I worked where we are now. I was in charge of certain subjects. I didn't teach the whole, the same class, all of the subjects all year. I would teach narrative and 3D and animation. There was a couple of things in visual effects. And narrative, I would always say to the class, there is formula to narrative, right? There are a couple of different formulas, but ultimately there are formulas. And if you break the formulas, you're going to leave your audience bewildered and they which won't is what understand. They did in Last Jedi, which we just experienced. Ex- exactly. Yeah. And it's not rocket science. Like, the, understand the formula, n- learn where you can bend it, but never break the bloody formula because you will you will leave your your audience scratching their head and they won't understand where they are Take in the whole avatar. fucking thing. Cameron's avatar is a great example for people who say, oh, it's a stupid story. But yeah, it's a story that everybody gets. It's a cookie cutting it's, formula, and yeah, it, works it works perfectly. Right? And, the, and those rules are there. It's a recipe. And those rules are there for a reason. Yeah, it's not like, yeah. you know, oh, you all fuddy duddies all obeying the rules. No, no, no. Those rules have been developed yeah. over two thousand yeah. years of narrative history. Oh, and one of the there hardest, for a reason. One of the hardest things that I have to get across to young people is. Mm-hmm. Breaking the rules does not make you edgy and edgy cool. and cool and original. It's like, yeah, I'm going to put bacon in the chocolate cake. Ninety nine point nine percent of the time, it just makes you look like a dickhead, right? <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. you can heed my warning, or you can you can do it your own way, and sooner or later, you're going to come back to me saying eh, you were right. Yeah. Because those rules were formed long before you and I were born, long before our parents were born, and their parents and their mm. parents before those. Telling stories is a formula-based thing. It needs a beginning, middle, and end. There has to be key characters. There has to be – we have to care. There has There's to be travel. shit. You have to start somewhere and end somewhere else, not end result. S- yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this guy worked in a video shop. He was the guy that rewound your tapes because you didn't rewind <laughs> them yourself, right? In, in the day where we, we had videotapes, yeah, right? Yeah. He worked in a video store, right? Mm-hmm. And he was heavily influenced by the movie. He spent his whole day, every day, watching films. Mm-hmm. He watched The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. He watched the Bruce Lee films. He watched all the gangster films. Keep, yeah? Mm-hmm. Are you now starting to see where his films come from? Yeah, yeah. So when he tries to come up with a story, he's so heavily influenced by film mm. and not by life mm. and not by documentary and not by history and not by do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You start to get this bizarre eclectic array of montage moments 
because that's like Kill Bill. Mm. One minute it's anime, and mm. then the next minute it's a Bruce Lee scene where she's in, even in dressed as in a hill. Say it's mm. a homage. Mm. Right? I say to you, if you take the soundtrack out, if he doesn't have killer music in his films, you would say, well, you're just copying shit from all these other films. Mm. But he puts the music in, and it gives it this original spin. So it's one thing to cut a guy's ear off, you know, but mm. but it's another thing to cut a guy's ear off while he's. Dancing around to some, you know, 1960s rock, Random music. rock song. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's him. How do how does that fit into that? Which has a 40, what is it, 50, 50 year, years now? 50 yeah. year lineage. Mm. He's gonna get lynched by the mob. Let's hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can just imagine that situation where people start to pander to him and he's like you know, I think that uh, should be a heavy metal musical. And they're like, yes, Mr. Tarantino, yeah. you know things, so that's going to be awesome. And it's, you know, Star Trek films can get fucked up. There's <clears> been <throat> a few shockers in the past. Mm. They, they, it, it does happen. All right. Let's have a look at Blade Runner. Have you guys seen it? Yes. Why did this thing uh, perform so dismally? Relative to people giving it critical acclaim, most people, and I, I don't agree, but most people say it's just way too slow and way too long. The uh, general feeling is it's a great film. It is a good film. It is fantastic camera work, and, and especially it, that's it. It made a hundred. Was it um, ninety-one million dollars domestic, which that's is sixty a, million dollars less than what it cost to make? Yeah. 91 million is not much. Um, worldwide, 258 million, which is only oh, 140 odd million. 140 million less. Uh, uh, 140 million more than what it cost to make. This, financially, an, a massive flop. Well, these numbers include what the theaters take. That's everything. The money that people have spent, right? This is not the money that it's the box investors got back. This is straight box office. On yeah. a 4,058 theater, that's what Force Awakens opened to. Yeah. 4,000 cinemas. What happened? Are we seeing the emergence of a new culture, an internet opinion culture that can tear a film apart without people even seeing the damn thing? Because yep. how can there be so much uh, scuttlebutt on the internet for something that clearly not a lot of people went out and saw? Personally, I I, I think the original Blade Runner gets more hype than it deserves. I believe so it as is, well. It is an interesting film, but it's not, it's over the years it has gotten a, a glamorous, glorious place in the mm. Hall of Fame of films. Yeah. And, uh, and so, how many years passed? Are we 35, 40 in, years or something? Closing in on 40, since. yeah. So the people, there's, the people that, there's few people around that have seen the original, loved it, and really, really go to see the, the new one. So I think already there's a small, smaller target audience you know, mm. compared to you know, Star Wars or Star Trek, for example. Yeah. So you don't have enough people who actually care about the film enough to want to see it. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, it is... It is this this movie I found I, I wish I had seen the old one, rewatched it before seeing this one. Mm-hmm. It's been I think three years ago that I saw the old one again. I was fresh fresh enough in my mind to understand a lot of the stuff, but this one does you get more out of it if you if you have the old one fresh in your mind. So 
it's yeah it's the old one isn't just isn't that big of a, a big of a deal with compared to things like Star Trek and Star Wars yeah. who they can make a new movie and they know people are going to see it people are yeah. going to pay their money some people are going to go twice yeah. uh, no matter what it costs because it's bloody they're fan, the fan o- stuff the old one was slow really slow it's a slow film the old this film. one is too but it's not boring I didn't I wasn't it's stunning is it Roger Deakins is, uh, is Roger Deakins the, the um, cinematographer on this one Whoever it was was doing a good job. I'm so. pretty sure it's Roger Deakins, and um, I think it was the same one that they used for the old one. Really? I think so. <laughs> Let me just have a look. Um, stunning. Um, I might even be able to see it here. Yeah, Roger Deakins. Here you go, Roger Deakins. Right. Um, Zimmer. Um, it had um, all of the all of the ingredients are there. Um, this thing is a good film. <laughs> yet, it is a good film. It got paid like 91 million. There are 350, 370 million people in the States, right? 91 million is a pathetic um, opening. What was the marketing or budget? It's a pathetic. Uh, well, it, it, was it the marketing? I don't know. I reckon the, mar- the marketing has quite a bit. I didn't actually see it, <clears throat> but I also didn't see a lot of the marketing for it. So my question was, are we now seeing a, a, res- a, a, a new surge of control by the minions of the world over these sorts of properties where their say-so can have such a drastic effect on uh, or, or are we just seeing a coincidence did something else get mm. I, I'm going to look into it a little further because I cannot work out how the how the fuck that thing made mm. under a hundred million well I think we are in a in a world where um, sure. you know the the flavour on the internet is what is going Not to cinematographer. Sorry, looked up. Where the in- internet is going to influence people's public opinion things mm. quite a lot. All right, let's move on. I I do spend more time now than I would have done in the fifth in the eighties fifties in the eighties and nineties um, checking reading reviews before deciding to yeah. read a movie. Yeah, well, in, in, uh, all, the way, all the way into the 90s, reviews were only done by professional reviewers that held a position at a newspaper, on a television. They were... And you couldn't access a lot of reviews. And you couldn't certainly add to them, right? <clears throat> there was no comment <clears throat> system and shit like that. You had to read in the paper, and, and even to the point where it was corruptible, where... People were getting, you know, deals, backroom deals. You know, here's 20, you know, Molly Meldrum's famous for it, you know. Check out this. He made he made superstars out of out of um, bands and things like that when they probably shouldn't. But, I think um, the same thing is still happening today, like um, embargoes on um, yeah. um, critiques and I think even Rotten Tomatoes. They, they sometimes... Wasn't there some, some Rotten Tomato issues with... Uh, the the Jedi um, last, last Jedi. Jedi. I think uh, I read yeah, a, the, I read a headline critics. that said Rotten Tomatoes Last Jedi is fake news. Well, I think sometimes they um, might, might stipulate that you know you can't review it for f- a few days after the start. Yeah, yeah. You know, or things like that. Yeah, yeah. It I was think. some shenanigans. Yeah, it was headline worthy shenanigans going on with Rotten Tomato. I think there's also a natural because who owns them? It's I got something know. to do with who owns. M- them. Might be. I think there's also a natural shenanigans that we've discussed before, where critics are more likely to be favourable. 
than not favourable. I've got a feeling Rotten Tomatoes is owned by someone other than Disney, like uh, someone that is their competitor. Have you seen the Rotten Tomatoes review of um, Last Jedi? Well, it's pretty bad. No, it's not. Oh, isn't it? Critical acclaim by critics, 94%. Good Lord, no. Audience reaction, 54%. So that might be the fake news. That's the fake news. It's the, the critical be, acclaim is because they're all part of the the, the system. It's it's not like there's these backroom deals, but yeah. they know where you know what where their yeah. bread is buttered on. Yeah, and you know it just, just generally it works out slightly better for them if they yeah. get on the bandwagon and push yeah. the hype. Yeah, you know it just kind of works out better. What what's the actual numbers? They get access as well out of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. get early access. They get uh, interviews and all that sort of stuff. If you bag yeah. the thing, you don't get to sit down 92%. with. 92%. There you go. Critical acclaim, 92%. Fuck off. Well, that is fake news. That is. Because exactly. that, that film is not a 92% critical. critical. You go anywhere yeah. else on the internet and there's a 50-50 chance that somebody is going to be for or against it, right? I'll say it's <clears throat> 60 to 70%. Is, is the well, most what I'm saying argument. is that the, the audience reviews of it are 50-50. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. So there's the, there's the old schoolers, yeah, yeah. you know, who have the same complaint that we do. And then there's the kind of newer sort of audience who are like, oh, I didn't, I never watched the original ones and I thought it was pretty good. So when you say 92%, <clears throat> are we saying 92% of critics, professional critics, said it was a good film? Yes. Or are we saying ninety? Or are we saying is the average score ninety two percent? No, a little. No, from the Colin. audience is fifty three percent, and the critics. But is that fifty three percent of the audience say good, and fifty and and yes. 40, 47 say bad? Yes. Or is it fifty three percent is the average score? Yeah, people give it a score, so I think that's so the, they do the average. Give it a score. I think it's the average. So it's not score. a it's not a thumbs up, thumbs. Well, down. I think they get scores from lots of different ways, but yeah, if you simplify it, it's fifty three percent thumbs up and yep. forty seven down. Yeah. No, ninety two. That's a bit sus. Maybe I was watching some. Of, I was news. reading some of those. Um, critical reviews mm. and they're fucking gushing. <laughs> it's sickening how they sort of vomit this yeah. love over yeah. the. I was reading one about, and we'll probably get into this at some later date, but they were talking about the audience, you know, the perfect way that this was done and yeah. it transferred the, the, the love and emotion out of the characters and was absorbed by the audience in there, yep. you know. And I was like, fuck off. I was like cringing halfway through these friggin' movies. I'm yep. not like yep. gushing with them. Um, yeah. So another one to throw on the pile of smouldering despair for 2017 <laughs> is Valerian and the City of the Thousand Planets. Now, Tom, you're close to this film. You, you've read the comics. I've read the comics. Which I didn't uh, even know existed. I watched I knew, the film. I knew that there were exist, pre-existing <laughs> characters. <laughs> I've never read the comics, but I like the film. <laughs> yeah. I, so, I, so, I will also throw uh, Fifth Element into the mix because it's very I love thematically the, very close to I this one. I love the Fifth Element. So so that's why I, I was so excited that. about this film, mm-hmm. is that the Fifth Element to me is one of my, uh, one of my all-time favourites. It's probably in the top 20 of all-time you know, films. Um, but you were a different person back then. This is like, again, this is 20 years ago. I could still watch ago. The Fifth Element you can tomorrow. still watch it, but if you watch it tomorrow, you will see that a lot of stuff doesn't make sense. The, none of the decisions that the yeah. characters make make any sense. Yeah. So it's not a perfect, but it's it, it has yeah. a charm to it, yeah. which I always credit a lot of films, a lot of bad films that I really like with what I can only call charm. Absolutely. They have something there 
some je ne sais quoi yeah. that just makes me like these films. Yep. Valerian didn't have it. Didn't have that. No, Valerian had people that are arguing and the two main characters that are they're not hating each other but there's no love between them either yeah again I was watching Star Wars New Hope and you because other people were putting up comparisons about the dark and gloomy moping around and you go look at they're all jumping around and they're bursting and they're hugging each other and they're running and it's all exciting and yeah yeah I don't know what are you doing why why does why does this get forty million dollars? Um, yeah, gross forty million 40, gross domestic. That's ridiculous. Of course it is. Two hundred twenty-five. So obviously it was pretty big in some foreign market. Um, France probably. France, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, looks like the biggest market China. was China. Um, out of all of those, here let's total gross. China never read the comics either. <laughs> yeah, it looks like China is the biggest market. Um, France. Yeah, France. France. Also China has more healthy. people than France, I think. Yeah. There's a few more, I'd say. But there's there's countries there where um, whew, you know, $2 million in Australia. And that's, that's, you know, when they're charging $20 for a ticket to get into the cinema in Australia, um, $2 million is not a lot of humans. Mm-hmm. We did not Step up. Um, so we'll do Valerian as a as a full show. We'll do a proper. I've, I've got the Blu-ray ready for us to watch in the, uh, in the Voyage Must of the I? Cinemas. You, you, you're going to have to. Um, <laughs> I'll bring my knitting. You, you pump this film up. Um, you got us excited about us at times. I was so excited about this film. <laughs> yeah. So yes, um, that was another one that was uh, quite disappointing for 2017. I was. I mean. The visuals, I'm still excited to see the visuals. I haven't seen the film yet. Um, but, yeah, hopefully it's not too bad. Now, Visuals are easy, and I think, you know, I'm starting to work out in my mind that they're secondary to the story yeah. Yeah. and possibly secondary to the marketing yes. as well. Yes. But so we, and we, we are special people that we, we, we will go to a film yeah. because we are visual effects people. Absolutely. And we will go to a film because of the visual yeah. effects and Valerian yeah. is awesome And but but then they go again we know that these days awesome is standard mm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah. awesome is easy yeah. in some respects yeah you know yeah well standard perhaps, perhaps is better N- nowadays you have to be um, groundbreaking and, and um, be cutting edge um, Wonder Woman so let's let's talk about something that was a big success this year and we, and we did see this we're going to do a show on it but um, let's look at the numbers there 821 million dollars for a 149 million dollar budget um, that kicked it out of the park it was an outstanding film and this I think just as a slight divergence is the the gamble that the studios um, make is that they're like Yep, we'll try on that movie, yep. and we lost a hundred million. Yep. Try on that movie, we lost sixty million. Yep. Then we get Wonder Woman, and we made all our money back, yep. and then some. Yeah, that's how it works. So and we- I think someone a little closer to home is hoping that that is going to work for them as well. They they might not have the hundreds of millions to to gamble <laughs> to. Hopefully, but that—that's how uh, it always but works. Absolutely, you make, you, absolutely. You, you make more, you produce more flops than you do mm-hmm. uh, winning movies, yeah. and it has to be like that. Considering yeah. how many movies get made each year, the Corman model is still, I believe, the best model. 
As long as you can make every movie for a million dollars, sooner or later you're going to get one that's going to make sixty million. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then go and make another sixty movies. Like it's pretty simple. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you get to go to the parties. You get it. You know, it's just no, no. That's all you get. You only get you only get a million. Yeah. I don't care yeah. what you do with it. Just bring me back a film. Yeah. And it works pretty well. Um, you just don't get prestige. You know then. They're not going to be lining up to give you an Academy Award. So, um, Wonder Woman. We'll do a full, full show on Wonder Woman, but I was um, very impressed with Wonder Woman. I haven't seen the uh, the Hero Justice League outing. Have you? No. No. Neither, neither okay, well, we'll leave it there then. I have people in my family who are begging me to take them, and I have been steadfast saying, I'm not paying money for this. <laughs> Wait till it's on Netflix. There's only so much I can take. Yep. I'll pay money for Netflix because there's other stuff. It's funny, like, uh, when it's when it's a victorious uh, achievement, there's not much to talk about. <laughs> it's much yeah, better when it's that, a, no, no. a Because failure. that's what you expect. Yes. You expect it to be, yeah. and then when your expect- expectations are met, Yep. You're, ha- you're happy. What is? What's the Rotten Tomatoes? If you got that open there for Wonder, Wonder Woman? Woman, excuse me for Wonder Woman. What well, a Star Trek! Star Wars is ninety-seven, and this one must be ninety-eight. Huh? <laughs> well, we could be surprised. It's big in China. Did a ninety million? I guess everything's big in China. They got so many humans there. Yeah, China, ninety million, thirty-three million. Brazil, big dollars in Brazil. I don't know. Yeah. What's the name of her island? Maybe it's near Brazil. The Mascara, but they made that. I think I don't know that that name existed before this film, did it? I think, so. I think they were all called it Paradise Island. Yeah, or that's something. what I thought it was as well from the old TV series. Ninety-two <laughs> percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's Wonder pretty Woman. cool. What about but, the audience? Um, look at that. That's a healthy look. Australia's yeah, really yeah, we're right kicking up. on there. Yeah, Twenty-three million. Yeah, so this is an interesting point. Wonder Woman. 92% critical acclaim, which is exactly the same for Star- the, the Last, Last Jedi. Jedi. Yeah. In, wo- in other words, they're just this gush factory. And it's like, ah, oh, this is the fucking most wonderful thing. And the audience, I think, is the more honest. is Because they've got less skin in the game. They're yeah, just yeah. like, I either liked it or I didn't like it. Yeah. And that's very close to the critical. And it's 92%, close. 88%. That's, oh, 88 that's for the for Wonder Woman. For the audience, yeah. for, for John yeah, Q. Essentially the same. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, there you go. All right, so let's um, let's briefly um, before we uh, move on to our final remarks of what uh, our biggest disappointment in 2017 was, and what we're most <laughs> excited about in 2018. Let's 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 briefly we, we touched on it earlier. What do we think? I mean, let's let's drill down for a couple of minutes here on on this Disney buying Fox. Mm-hmm. That means Disney will own a couple of pretty important properties, won't they? Such as? I haven't looked into it very much. Aliens. (laughs) Oh, yeah, okay. Simpsons. The Simpsons will be Disney characters. X-Men. Well, I think the Simpsons was killed quite a long time ago. Oh, they don't own old stuff when they buy it? No, I don't know. But in, I mean, oh, no, they own they own the Simpsons. That's what yeah, I've heard. They yeah. own everything, wouldn't they? Well, they the the only thing that uh, Murdoch didn't sell them was his broadcast. He hasn't um, sold it yet. Stocks. Well, no, it has to be approved. I think their Senate has to approve it. The Senate. Yeah, right. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Because they, just like our country, you can't have a monopolization like that. You can't have somebody, everything everything to that level has to be approved. Mm. Um, so, so all right, aliens, alien, yeah, okay, that doesn't bode well. Yeah. Um, Anything with the 20th Century Fox true. Um, yeah, okay. fanfare at the yeah, start of it. Yeah. 
is now a Disney thing. And it's up for the treatment. And that's fucking huge, man. Mm. <laughs> like, it is absolutely huge. It's, mm. it, it's not about that market share we saw earlier. That market share is, that was 2017's market share. But mm. look at all the properties that didn't get made. Like, we didn't see a lot of those things getting made that they own. The 20th Century Fox owns that property. Mm. They just didn't make a movie in 2017 from that property. Mm. But there's a big back catalogue of properties that are owned by that studio that have full distribution rights, mm. right? Uh, production rights. That's crazy. Mm. Yeah, that could. Um, yeah, I don't know. As long as we, as long as we don't see any crazy crossovers, no, we'll see all of that. You reckon? What, Simpsons, Simpsons, Simpsons Alien. Yeah, no, no. Well, <laughs> maybe not that extreme. Hey, I'd, I'd watch that. Hang on, that was Fox <laughs> well, property anyway. They could have done. Pro- they could have probably done already done it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No, I just don't think that bodes well. Like we say, a big uh, monopoly with. Um, you know, some AAA people mm. Mm. with access to things you like, uh, that's, that, that's not a good mix. Wasn't it about six months ago they tried to buy Time Warner? I swear Disney tried to buy Time Warner about six or eight months ago, and then the deal sort of went away. Mm. $52 billion. That's why old people live in the past. They get cynical. Because they'll just the world changes too much around us, and we'll just be watching our old DVDs. Closing the roller shutters. <laughs> yeah. You kids, get off my lawn. Yeah. I'm watching my own. <laughs> Damn uh, I'm reading my own comics. Yeah, my old comics. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's have a, let's true. have a, <clears throat> let's have a moment of. Um, Silence. Well. The shitty middle. Moment of truth. Um, biggest disappointment of 2017. And it can be from anything. Open slather. <laughs> What is your biggest disappointment? And you can't say yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't say the American presidency. Because <laughs> we're apolitical. <sighs> American presidency. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Trump. Yes, that was a bizarre choice. What are, what, American all we have to do, with, with, when, in relation to Trump, all we have to do is weather the storm and live in the memory that he's destroyed... The, the the reputation of his entire family forever. Yeah, like they'll all have That's to change head. their names. He's such a ridiculous human and has gotten away with and has said so many things that the world will never forget. They will never forget all of the things he said, and it's the because he'll die soon. He's seventy. What is he? Seventy nine years old or something like that. He's some ridiculous age. If you had my way, he'd be assassinated. He'd be twelve months ago. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> But then the kids are going to grow up with that name and they have to live with that. And I think that's what has to happen so that people realise that you can't, you don't let the crazy old grandpa go and do that. Oh no, he's got a lot of support over there. He's got a lot, a lot of, of people of, loving him. Of, of, uh, yeah. Rednecks, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're uneducated masses. Cra- crazy fuckers. Um, but you can't, uh, your biggest disappointment <laughs> of 2017 can't be Trump because mm. realistically, he came about in 2016. Yeah, but he didn't do anything then. Uh, and he will continue well, to disappoint let's, forever. Let's continue with movies, and we've already mentioned it. I think yeah. um, my biggest disappointment for movies would have been Valerian. Valerian. I didn't. I, I had low expectations. I didn't expect it would be a good film. Yeah. But I was still hoping for more. 
We actually have a file video of us talking about Valerium when we first heard about it, mm. but hadn't seen it. So we'll be digging that out when we do the Valerium show. And we'll, know, we'll be able to find out exactly what you thought, Tom. I like going into films with low expectations because I expect that I will be pleasantly surprised, <laughs> right? But going in with low expectations and then mm. coming out and seeing they weren't low enough, yeah. that's, that's sad. It's disappointing. Yeah. Dan? I don't want to go into some movies with low expectations. Anyway, no, my biggest disappointment was last night. <laughs> <laughs> Which is when we saw Last Jedi. Yeah. Last Jedi. And I tried to lower your expectations yes, so you, you did. would suitably you were, not be. You were gently encouraging me <laughs> to be wary and cautious. Yep. Yes. Well, my my uh, <clears throat> Mine wasn't The Last Jedi, and it wasn't Valerian that I haven't seen yet, but have since learnt that it's bitterly disappointing to a trusted comrade. Um, my biggest disappointment was Battlefield 2. Battlefront 2. Battlefront 2? Is that See, I was bitterly was disappointed Battle from Battlefront Battle 1. I was disappointed for not, no means. They made the, the biggest mistake that they made was releasing it for a weekend in, in beta for everyone to play when I was I had my heart set on that game, Battlefront 1. So this was the two years one. ago? Yeah, the first one. Two years, I think. The Star Wars Battlefront. Yep. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And so I, I downloaded it immediately, played it for a few hours, and then... <laughs> uninstalled it and said, well, they, they just lost a lot of people yeah, who would yeah. have otherwise bought it. Yeah. They just said, no, nah, I'm not going to play this turn. So, uh, well, they you know, told I'm, me, they told me that I was going to be a bad guy, right? They told me that I was going to be in two in the, the new one. Yep. Right. I was going to be fighting for the emperor, right? The empire. And, um, just to just play the a campaign, game, the campaign. Yeah. Yeah. yeah to pl well, first of all, campaign mode, right? Got excited about that. The realism, fantastic. The photogrammetry, we, we know a lot of the inside stuff that's gone on for that film as far as the way it looks and, and the tech. And oh, it's artistically beautiful, but we, we know that that doesn't that's standard. matter. That's right. That's standard. easy. That's, in, that's in inverted commas. Exactly. Um, so they tell me I'm going to be a bad guy and I'm going to fight for the Emperor. That's that's awesome. I, like, I want that. I want to be a stormtrooper. I want to be some kind of elite special forces stormtrooper. Um, if you can't live it out in video games, you have to live it out in real life, and we don't want that. So no, you want to have your escape. Exactly. You want to have your, your valve exactly. <laughs> to be the bad guy. Speaking of stormtroopers, there's an emoji that people are using. It's a little stormtrooper for, and, it, and guess what it stands for? I miss you. Uh, yes, yes. I've yeah. seen postcards like that. Uh, so anyway, as it turns out, two missions into the fucking campaign – you get converted and swapped over to the rebels and you're fighting against the stormtroopers. So you got two missions where you can be on the bad, bad side. And that's what they marketed it to me as. Um, and then so you go and buy it and only find out two missions in that all of a sudden I'm not mm. an Imperial mm. trooper anymore. Um, that is the biggest disappointment for 2017 for me is that mm. they fucked up the campaign mode knowing full well that that's the thing that they copped the biggest amount of flack from the first game was that it lacked a good campaign mode they thought they could deliver a star wars game without a campaign mode and we would all jump on it we didn't jump on it they go back to the drawing board give us a campaign mode sell it as one thing and it's completely different thing then of course there's the loot crate bullshit mm. um that made them hemorrhage what was it billions of dollars worth of stock in in a very short period of time mm. disney slapped them over the wrist and threatened to take maybe even gone went beyond threatened to take Star Wars property off EA 
That's a big deal. There were petitions for that as well. Yeah. It's yeah. essentially gambling. They're, they're introducing gambling to a game that a nine-year-old can play. Again, this is the AAA, the curse of the AAA, and it's the same in the movies. They're, they make a fairly mediocre game, and it's all designed to be as popular and as bland, vanilla, yeah. but it has marketing money just poured all over it. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that's the result you get. It's the same pattern. It's mm. the same pattern. All right, 2018, what are we most excited about? I haven't looked too deeply into what's coming up, but I know the Black Panther movie is coming up. I'm looking forward to that more than I am to the Infinity War. So, I'm, I'm, yeah, March, I think, is the release in Australia, yeah. and I'm, that's, that's Rings movie a movie I'm definitely, yeah. definitely keen the to see. The Black Panther movie looks really uh, interesting in in like it's a world that not a lot of people know about and it looks to me like it's realised in a really cool way mm. you know the tech of it um, <clears throat> stuck in the middle of quite a primitive land is this sort of tech hub um, with toys and all sorts of stuff that looks pretty cool mm. and the other yeah. thing I think we can always say that every time every year you ask this question is there's going to be a Star Wars movie every year now so we'll, we'll be the be Han Solo forward. movie yeah the first I, I, I for some reason thought there was more than one Han Solo movie and this would be the first one of many but I think um, everybody I've well, talked about has said, no 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 that's yeah. wrong it's not, not happening so it's apparently just a one off because they're talking about a, a a second Rogue One movie and I'm thinking well uh, they're going to squeeze they're all where? dead into four minutes yeah exactly <laughs> they were in the two the minutes the between film, when nothing. the door opens and Vader comes in this is where our, our movie fits <laughs> it's, it's what they did on the beach before the, the nuclear wave came and hit them um for me, it is Infinity War because I'm super interested to see um, a whole range of new characters that I haven't seen before. I'm really psyched about who's on Thanos' side. I want to see all of his what minions and bad guys. about the Infinity comics was they all get taken away. They all get teleported off Earth mm. to somewhere in space, and it's the good guys versus the bad guys. You yeah. know, Doctor Doom, they all... He's, he's, big on his he's just manipulating platforms. them all to fight against it. Yeah, yeah. So, and and the biggest disappointment from the trailer is that it looks like Infinity War is going to take place on Earth in New York, in Wakanda. Yeah, well, yeah, also the that's shots right. are yeah, taking yeah. place in yeah, Wakanda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah okay. My if, my yeah. theory is that it'll be it. Well, we know it's a two film deal, don't we? We it's Do we? yeah. I'm pretty sure it's it's like a part A, part B film. All right. I'm pretty sure we're going to lose some big characters. Some people are going to die. Probably, yeah, but it's probably comics. people like Tony Stark or, or Captain America, like of that caliber. That's who's going to die in this film, and the the film is going to end with us getting our asses kicked dismally. Like I foresee that at the end of the first Infinity War film will be Thanos with all of the stones. Well, like if we have finally, to, yeah. if it's a two part, it has to that's, end like that's that. right. No, There's no any other ending wouldn't make sense. Yeah. I think I think that's yeah. It has to be case. a cliffhanger where everything's down. So that's the one I'm most um, most excited about. That and hopefully getting a, a Star Citizen full full blown release. <laughs> yeah. We just hope every year we'll What's hope. The <laughs> <laughs> and there's lots of Marvel movies coming out next year. There's an Ant Man, mm-hmm. Ant Man of the Wasp, and the Wasp. Wasp yeah, thing. she's yeah, pretty so. cool. Is that Evangel? Evangeline what's Evangeline Lily, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So she so since the Ant Man movie I had expected that that sequel <clears> would come <throat> sooner. 
She was good in the original mm-hmm. Ant Man. Um, you know, the Marvel comics have been going through all sorts of turmoil. That hasn't. Oh matched, yeah, you were saying that, that hasn't matched yeah. the um, the success of the the films. Yeah. Um, it's almost like they're offset. Like they're when, very when one property thrives in the comics, they're pretty shit on film, and vice versa. They they don't match. They've been doing some weird stuff where their comic line does not match the movie line. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, if you go in and walk into a comic shop and expect to buy a, a comic that is similar to what you're seeing in the in the um, uh, cinema, yeah. yeah, you're going to be disappointed, and that was. Because you were talking about the Wasp, the the Wasp comic I think has just been cancelled. Oh, really? For low sales and and this type of thing. So, yeah, there's a bit of weird weird stuff going on in the background with that. Where the makes you wonder whether Stan, who's got more control over that? Like, is Stan Lee still pulling strings over there, or is he over? The, I don't know. I don't imagine. Or does he, he have no? I don't. Have, I have no information. I imagine he's retired. He's just yeah. sitting at home counting his money. Yeah, chilling out. <laughs> Comes out to do a cameo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Walk to the line, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, walk to the point, say the line. He had a really funny. Um, <clears throat> it was a it wasn't a sitcom. It was a reality TV show where real life humans could be heroes, and they you had to turn up to the open day, and you lived in a house like Big Brother sort of thing, but you were a hero. Right? You you had to have your persona and your special powers and all this stuff. And he kept putting these. He take them out into a bus. He take them into a bus. Put him in in LA somewhere, and he'd say, "There's York a probably. scenario." Stanley would have been New York. Yeah, well, no, it was all in LA because I think he lives in LA. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. And he would give him a scenario, and he would say, "Little Jimmy is trapped in the water tank up there, and there are, he's got 14 minutes before he drowns." And they had to find out how to open the water tank and all this stuff. And some of them worked together, and others were. And it, you've got to watch this fucking thing. You've got to see at least one episode of this thing. It was crazy because people are just walking around doing their normal shit, shopping and tourists and whatever. This is life and role these play wankers thing. are running around in their capes <laughs> in and costumes, in full, yeah. full costume. <laughs> and he's like, I am blah, blah, blah. And the guy that won it is the guy that, that believed the most that he was this character. Mm-hmm. But he had no superpowers whatsoever. He couldn't do any of these things. It's Neither like, does Batman. I will be there in a moment. Taxi! <laughs> you got to see it. I forget what it was called. I think it was Excelsior and Beyond or something like that was, that sounds cool. was the name of it. And he was the host. Um, all right. So that's <clears> it. That's it for our final show for uh, 2017. Um, we'll join... Uh, join you in 2018 probably sometime in january where we have to review a couple of films that we've already done some research on mm-hmm. um and look forward to doing that any parting words for christmas before we go gentlemen godspeed <laughs> <laughs> which is a which is a star wars phrase yes yes apparently TM. now in the new Yes. May the Godspeed be with you. May the Godspeed be with you. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Merry Christmas to one and all, and uh, we'll see you in the new year. Ho, ho, ho. What is your ministry? Yeah.